0: Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Kristen Diane McDonald. I'm a successful HR and recruitment leader that has worked and consulted for Google, Microsoft, Activision, and Frog Design, all with a GED and an associate's degree from a community college. I'm now turning that experience into career coaching, mentoring, and storytelling on both the personal and professional. Today, I'm interviewing Emily Strauss, the founder of Mural Painter, a company that does hand-painted mural signs. You may have seen some of their work in major cities like New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Emily's story from having some health issues growing up to managing and growing a business is quite inspirational. For more information on this episode, including details and links to all the offers, visit thebossysauce.com. Today, I'm interviewing Emily Strauss, the founder of Mural Painter, a company that does hand-painted mural signs in some major cities in the U.S. Emily was recently on an episode of The Shark Tank, where she closed a deal with Barbara Corcoran as an investor in her business. Along with the obvious success story, Emily's story really resonated with me. She has a GED and has risen to success. I'm a fellow ged 'er myself. uh, So... I just had to reach out to learn more about Emily's story. Emily, welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what inspired you to start Mural Painter.
1: Hello, everybody. My name's Emily, as Kristen said. Um, what inspired me to create Mural Painter was actually on accident. So I was always an artist and I started a word-to-mouth small business when I was in high school around my neighborhood. I grew up in Long Island. And shortly after that, you know, the mural industry just became such a high in demand um, industry that I couldn't keep up with the demand. So I just started going to local friends that were artists and they became assistants. And then it inspired me to kind of take a step back and start growing it as a company.
0: That's awesome. I think that's really cool when businesses just evolve from a natural passion and and so you mentioned in Shark Tank that, um, and so I'm just going to dive right into the the piece that really kind of resonated with me. And and I think we all have, you know, reasons and um, why things don't go as planned in our life or things maybe cause us to, to fight a little harder for the things that we want. And so you mentioned in Shark Tank that you suffered from Lyme disease as a child and that was the root of you not finishing high school. I would love to bring some more empathy to different experiences. It can cause great minds to be less educated or underestimated in their youth sometimes. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience with Lyme disease as a child?
1: Sure. So it kind of blindsided all of us. I was always, you know, the top of the class. I was the popular girl. I was the artist in the neighborhood, the young entrepreneur. And within 24 hours, it was all taken away from me. I literally just woke up with a headache at like 16 or 17 years old. And I had a seizure in the middle of class. And then that was it. I just, it went from like normal to not normal. And I didn't have time to react. It just, I was just so sick that I just didn't care. I kind of remember my mom coming into my room and saying like, listen, you're just missing too many days of school. You're you're not going to make it as a senior to the end and I was like, okay, I don't care. I just wanna sleep. Like everything was just a blur. Um, I just kind of went with the motion. But then when I started getting better, I was like, nope, you can't just sink down to just being, you know, a high school dropout. And I think that was just kind of the voice, the driving force of, you know, you're not everybody thinks, oh, you're a bad kid. You must have been on drugs. Something must have happened. And I just wanted to prove, like, no, that's not what happened. You know, this was out of our control. I got sick with, you know, no reason. And I still made something of myself. So I kind of just held on to that. And after I got my GED, I worked nonstop. I worked every oddball job. I started growing my company again. And I grew it at such an accelerated pace because I kind of had that voice in the back of my head of, you know, the judgmental feedback that I might receive.
0: Yeah, that's a fair point. That was actually my my next question too. Do you ever feel like, you know, you're overcompensating or working even harder than maybe you would have if things went, you know, according to plan because because of that stigma and that judgment that people might give you?
1: Absolutely. I think that the biggest side effects that I have from this, and believe me, I still do have physical um side effects, but The biggest one is the psychological impact that it, you know, took on me. Some of it turned into a positive, like, you know, what you just said, growing the business and just channeling that energy into, you know, where I am today and also negative. Sometimes I just, you know, still overreact because I just assume that everybody thinks, you know, I'm unintelligent because I remember myself, you know, not being able to finish high school and not being able to finish college. Um. But again, I just I try to channel that all that energy into overcompensating and it got me to where I am today for sure. I don't think I mean, who knows, but I don't think I would have so quickly without that, you know, driving force.
0: Hey, you know, I. So I, I, my first whole podcast episode is on this kind of my, my struggle for the same thing, which is I have a GED and, and then I was going to college while being very fortunate to have a job in Florida during the first major recession and, um, in my adult life. And, having a sporadic schedule, trying to fit school in with, with it and just being so fortunate to have a job. There are also many, there's so many different reasons why people don't maybe have all the education and, but there are different ways to get education too. I mean, there's on the job training there, you know, or books, there's travel, there's all, you know, so many different ways. And so I, I commend you for, for really shining light on that. When it comes to uh your business. I'd love to hear a little bit about where you see your business growing in the future.
1: Sure. Yeah, back to that point. Absolutely. For anybody listening, kind of going through the same struggle, there is no shame. I by no reason would recommend somebody dropping out of, you know, the educational system. However, I will say myself that I learned more hands on experience from, you know, just life Error, trial and error than I did in the classroom environment, and Kristen, I'm you know going to think the same for you. Um, so that's my feedback there. And as far as your next question, um, what we see for growth with mural painters? So we just launched two other branches: Los Angeles and Chicago. Um, Los Angeles is doing fantastic. Chicago still in the early stages, but we're expected you know after this pandemic for it to pick up. Um, hopes of that and after this pandemic it seems that the world is kind of wanting to beautify their neighborhoods after everything that everybody went through so you know it's a slow progression of course we've just reopened people are financially recovering but we're starting to get a lot of you know a theme with this, these type of requests for jobs now and it's you know we're doing something with city bikes and we're you know painting the the of you um, you know, where they park the bike. And we're doing some, you know, painting of the sidewalk in neighborhoods. And it's just kind of geared towards lifting, you know, pedestrian spirits after being quarantined for so long. So we're hoping to really channel that. And, you know, in the coming months, or even through 2021, I would say, you know, majority of our type of work will be, you know, geared towards just putting a smile on people's faces after being home for so long.
0: That's a really good point. My my next question was going to be, you know, how has your business changed? And during, you know, in a COVID world, and I, I imagine, you're right, there has to be this, this inspiration that's going to come out and that that does come out in art. Currently, is there are you feeling like any, any struggles with like opening up in new locations or anything right now?
1: There is a struggle. Um, We're putting all plans of expansion on hold in other cities, but we, you know, at the end of the day, there's always a positive and a negative and we're able to kind of channel our energy in the three branches that we currently have and that we're able to reopen um, and we're just making it that much stronger. Los Angeles, unfortunately, is hitting another second wave, it seems like, so we might be shutting down there for a bit, even though we reopened before New York, but, you know, everything is just about, you know, balance, and just not losing hope, that's really all we can do right now, Um, and, you know, the team has gotten stronger through all this as well, we, you know, we went from seeing each other every day to not seeing each other at all, and you know, we're just always messaging each other and trying to lift everybody's spirits. And me as, you know, the owner, you know, I check in with my team on a regular basis, just make sure everybody's doing okay. And, you know, it really did bring us closer together. It gave us an appreciation when there are projects and when things are semi-normal.
0: I know, I've worked with creatives for a long time. And one of the things that is probably, I just imagine being hard is that, you know, creatives, especially, you know, artists are... Um, driven by the emotional experience of things and that's what they do. And so having to utilize that as as your job, but then have to, um, you know, like have to deal with this time where things are so hard. I imagine being the centerpiece of all of that would be really difficult too. Do Do you feel that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no sugarcoating it. I mean, we were shut down for four months, five months now. Um, but again, it's, just all about staying positive.
0: Yeah. Good point. Good point. we
1: are on Shark Tank, right. You know, at the peak of the pandemic, it wasn't the greatest timing. Um, but we're hoping, you know, during reruns and everything like that, as things start, you know, coming back to normal, hopefully that will help us out a little bit. Um, and you know, we're doing everything possible to just keep reinventing ourselves. Stay afloat We're, you know, instead of doing walkthroughs, we're doing a lot of zoom meetings with clients. I had a clothing label at one point when I was in, you know, college days and I abandoned it for almost a decade. And during this time, we started rebranding that. We're about to launch that. Um, we're targeting for um, the first week of September. So, you know, it's just, we just have to just keep, uh, you know, just keep reinventing, just being creative on how to stay afloat. Yeah,
0: I actually, I saw, um, not to sound too stalkery, my career field is recruitment, so I do my research on everybody, but I saw your Instagram page, and I saw that um, pink skirt with the with the hearts, like the um, Valentine skirt, and it was, I, I immediately before even reading your content was like, ooh, that is so couture and so cute, and then I read, and I was like, you made that, I was like, that is so cool, you know, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Med props, your your clothing, you have a really good style for the clothing creation that you're doing too. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. We'll get back to all the inspiration in a moment, but I have to tell you about something I've recently become a huge fan of. If you follow me on Instagram or YouTube, you've probably seen my videos or pictures of my horrible breakouts. I've struggled with acne since I was in the fourth grade and it's never gone away and i'm 35 now (laughs) i will never say anything is a miracle cure because i don't believe that exists for people like me but i will advocate for products that i believe make a difference i just started using bioclarity and i see a noticeable improvement their product line is vegan and plant-based and it's really not very expensive which i also am really a huge fan of Skin routine kits are around 40 bucks or so. I've now become an ambassador of theirs. And for an exclusive 15% off all your orders, visit bioclarity.com and enter the promo code B Sauce. That's the letter B, then Sauce. I'm just really curious. What is Barbara like to work with? I'm just going to ask because it's just naturally a curious thing. You know, I've I've never spoken to anybody who's been on Shark Tank before. And I'm really curious.
1: And she was wonderful. You know, the show just makes everybody seem so scary. And I guess it depends on the person. I got lucky. They were actually kind of nice to me. <laughs> but um, she was my target before anything. Like before I even knew who was on my panel. I was like, it has to be Barbara. So she made me an offer. Everything else just went blank. And I was like, yes, 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 no matter what. Yes. (laughs) And, um, you know, I was fortunate enough to meet with her um, a couple of times after the show. Um, And she was, she seemed very normal. You know, she didn't have that like celebrity aura around her. She was very down to earth. She was very, um, influential with giving us, you know, advice on what she went through, especially as a woman entrepreneur. Um, you know, she too struggled in high school and taught very unconventionally. Um, so we kind of connected that way and it was just a little less intimidating than the typical, you know, maybe investment, um, meetings that I would be, you know, involved in and using all these fancy terminology. And then there's me, (laughs) self-taught and, um, you know, it's a bit intimidating. So I really did connect with her. Um, You know, she felt like, you know, the best mentor I could ask for.
0: Yeah, I really resonate with her story, too. And she talks about it occasionally. And I I I think whenever you partnered with her, I immediately thought I was like that at least that piece, I I knew would work well because there was a a sense of empathy you guys would have for each other's roots. And so um, it's really great to hear that that is working out the way that I I imagined as a viewer that it it might. Um, And so I've worked with creatives a lot and there's often a difficulty for creatives in the desire to operate a business. And really what it comes down to is you know, they, a lot of times they want to work for themselves and then they hire people and then it kind of evolves into this, you know, full blown organization. And then they end up, operating the business more than doing the art. And then they regret, you know, the business sometimes or not regret, but, you know, don't get to do a lot of the art. And do you ever feel like one part suffers or the other? I I just, I have a lot of people in my network that are creatives. And I'm just curious if this is something that extends beyond, you know, um, you know, graphic design and stuff. If it actually, if you feel it as a painter too.
1: Yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. I come home all the time to my boyfriend, just complaining about that very same thing. That I'm lost and confused. And yeah, that 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 part. Yeah, that's that's really a struggle because I was always like the artist. Everybody just knew me as Emily the artist. And now I don't remember the last time I picked up a paintbrush. I mean, I I love it. That's why I started this. But the business end of it became so heavy. And I'm just surrounded by a 24-7 that, you know, when I come home, I I don't want to see paint. I don't want to do anything but watch TV or do anything else but that. Um, And that saddens me. It's it's confusing to me. I'm like, am I even an artist anymore? I I don't know. I, I mean, I love it. And I I've always have been one. But I had to take a step back from that and, you know, reinvent myself as a business owner. And now... You know, I do all the, you know, and the analysis, of the operation, the financials, the bookkeeping, everything like that. And the painting just comes like it's a very, very last resort, you know, if we're short staffed or, you know, some, something like that. But um, it, it's strange. On a psychological level, it's very, very strange to have gone through that transition of your whole world being an artist. To running a company in the art field and not physically doing the work anymore and not wanting to do the work anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's actually a really common thing for, for creatives that, that operate businesses. So you're just so you know, you're really not alone. It's something that I talk about with creative directors and stuff all the time. And, um, if I could just give one piece of advice, this is a wonky year, so this is going to be like ride it out. Everybody's just doing what they can do to survive right now. But when in a in a state of relative normalcy, when, you know, you could get your business going, I would just recommend carving out like one day where you get to go paint murals or something. You know, I don't know. That sounds weird or like, you know, outsourcing some of the parts of the business to a manager that can manage a little bit or even if it means making I don't know, your your shark tank people are going to probably kill me for saying this, but a smidge less money just so you could like, you know, like get to actually be a part of um, the business. Because I I also think it's really important for people to stay close to their craft. I just really um, anybody. So, for example, in my field, in let's say, you know, in recruitment. I really believe that recruitment leaders should get on the phone and do phone interviews and own a job here and there and, and run through, you know, the whole hiring cycle every now and then just because you don't want to lose um, sight of like the craft. But that's just it's so hard, too, because when you get caught up in, in running the operations of the business, I mean, I'm even doing that with this podcast. There's so much marketing that goes involved. It's really hard to actually get down and do the creative and I, it's the same, but I don't know, but you know, I feel like pot calling the kettle black. So i am just, I just throw my little piece out there because I tell everybody this whenever they tell me, you know, that they struggle with this, like carve out even just a small piece, even if it's every other week or something, an afternoon that's just for you. <laughs>
1: No, that's great advice. And it's actually reassuring to hear that this is actually a common issue with creative people that are running a business. So, you know, maybe I won't be so hard on myself. But of course, you're, you know, you stop and think like, what happened? How did I get here? And why can't I go back? (laughs) But I will take that advice.
0: Well, you know, I think that's a pretty good place to wrap up today. I I just want to thank you, Emily, so much for your time. Uh, I know you're very busy running an operation, and hey, actually, before I have one last question for you: Do you imagine some point making your way to the Bay Area as far as your business?
1: Yeah, we um we just did a job in San Jose, which is almost to San Francisco, and. We could travel there for a larger scale project.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, we have a lot of murals and and street art. And in, in the Mission, there's tons and tons of alleyways with really cool street art. So even if you get to come and visit at some point, make sure that you go to like Balmy Alley in um, uh, yeah. in the Mission and stuff. There's so much really cool street art there.
1: I've been there. It's incredible.
0: Oh, really? yeah, uh, I used to
1: where people move there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I actually used to live on on one of the houses that had a mural on the back end of Balmy alley. So it was um oh well. yeah, yeah, really cool experience. but anyways, thank you so much, Emily. I really appreciate your time today. and yeah, I know you're really busy, so um we really appreciate you carving out some time to okay. let us hear your story, of course.
1: thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for listening today, Saucy Bosses. I hope you enjoyed listening to Emily's story. It was really refreshing to hear somebody else have a story from GED to success. Don't forget to keep an eye out for my Craft Your Best resume course that I'll be launching in the next month. If you're listening after September 2020, it should already be available for you. I can keep you updated in all my courses through my newsletter on my website. Mentioning that, I recently made the switch from MailChimp to Flowdesk for my newsletter. The designs are beautiful and a must use tool for those that value design. For 50% off every month, making it only $19 a month, plus one free month to try out the tool with no credit card needed, go to flowdesk.com, that's F-L-O-desk.com, forward slash the letter C, forward slash the bossy sauce. If that's too much for you to remember, The website has all the episode details, including all the links and content referenced in the episode. Head to
1: thebossysauce.com.